Thank you for joining the Relief from Grief podcast by Mrs. Miriam Ribiet and Hevra Lomde Mishnah. Our goal is to help you find the chizik you may need and the comfort of knowing that you are not alone. To sponsor an episode, visit hevralomdemishnah.org forward slash podcast and bring comfort to listeners like you. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on the Relief from Grief podcast. Today's podcast is sponsored by Eli Nishmas Fega Basia Bas Peretz. And yes, we do have sponsorship opportunities. If anyone is interested, you could reach out to me directly. My email is mribiet at chevralomdemishna, or you could go to our website, chevralomdemishna.org. And thank you so much for listening. Hi, everybody. Today we have on the Relief from Grief podcast by Mayor Kranzer, the Sagant Manahal of Yeshiva Basi Huda from Detroit, and his sister, Mrs. Miriam Getter. And maybe their other brother, Mordechai, is going to join soon. And we're going to talk about the loss that they've been through with their brother, which was very sudden. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you for having us. I guess first, could we talk about, I don't even know like where you are in the family. Could we talk about like what your, your brother was Rabbi Yehuda Kranzer, right? Yes. So where, where was he in the family and where were you? Where are you? He was the oldest <laughs> and I was, I was second. And then Miriam here is third and who's going to come on soon, hopefully is our fourth. Yeah. Oh, so he was the oldest. It was the oldest. Yeah. Oh, the oldest like siblings are needed. They're not allowed to just drop dead, right? That is true. <laughs> you summed it up. <laughs> right? That's it. Exactly. Okay. So I, I guess let's talk about, I don't know if you both want to chime in or one of you want to just say a little bit what happened. When, when was he Nifter? Like, it's not even two years yet, is it? No. The year. May 2021. May, right? Yeah. May of 2021. And it wow. was a year. It was right after Lagbomer. Yeah. So it's very like recent still. In case you didn't know, I'm letting you know that it's still very recent. Totally. <laughs> okay, so it I guess always be recent, but we'll get to that, I imagine. Okay. <laughs> so what 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 happened? I think we all were minding our own business one morning, and I was here in teaching, and I got some urgent phone calls at the time. Our yeshiva had two buildings, so he was actually by the the coil part of our yeshiva. So that's just up the road. So they said, come, come quick. And they didn't tell me what or who, but you know how that works. You know, we drop everything. And I drove that short drive. And I I saw, Yudel was a Hatzalah member. So I saw his Hatzalah car there. In fact, one of the other guys, when they came, you know, they said, they kind of said to themselves, oh, I can't believe Yudel beat me to it. Meanwhile, Yudel was the patient at the time. And when I came there, many of his closest friends and colleagues. But you didn't know, when did he know it was over? I, I just saw that Yiddle was, you know, on a stretcher. They were working on him. Okay. And, uh, it's an eerie, you know, memory. Because he had the Dafyemi playing in the background. So here you have everybody like pumping his stomach and whatnot. And you hear a Dafyemi share. Wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, he was nifter. He was nifter learning that everyone knew. He lived his life of Torah and Chesed, and he was nifter Torah Chesed. He was there waiting to help someone do a Chesed. Of course, he came forty-five minutes early. So <laughs> you do so. He sat and listened to the Daf Yaimi. He's he was a holy Jew. 
And everybody asked what happened. Was it a heart attack? He was, he was alive. And then Hashem took his neshama and he was dead. Like, we don't know. Literally, that's what happened. He was alive and then he was dead. Yes, correct. That's what I say happened to my father. And whoever listens to all the podcasts will sure heard me say this in the past. I'm like, did, did he die because his heart stopped or his heart stopped because he died? Because that's what it was. It was like in one second, like he was dancing and then he dropped dead and then that was it. He was dead. Like it was, you know. That's a good point. I knew your father, a real Detroit legend, a real man's man, I call him. It was like he had like a, a stark figure, you know, like a not, I'm sure he was soft and warm. You know, I know him from even, he was a drop of the cook in Colterra in Cleveland by the camp. Right. Everybody loved him. And, you know, like Gila Brada type stark and sensitive at the same time, you know. They don't make him like Rebellia Shonik anymore. That's a fact. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I miss him so much still. <sighs> so, Miriam, what happened to you? You just like got a call. Right. That's what your brother's so, dead. I live in Chicago and I, I'd been at the grocery store and I pulled up in front of my house and I have the picture still 1052 AM. You know, that time in May when like the grass is starting to grow and the gardener hasn't come yet. And it's like, you're waiting and it's growing, 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 like suddenly. So my grass was like overgrown and I like took a picture and I sent it to my husband. I'm like, where is the gardener? You know? So a second later, my phone rang totally like random, you know, and it was my husband. So I'm like ready to like get into it about the gardener, you know? And he's like, where are you? So right away, I'm like, we're not talking about the gardener anymore. You know, I'm like, I'm home. I just came home from Jewel. You know, he's like, stay there. I'm coming home. So when I tell you I have PTSD till today of like hearing his voice, that even today when he calls and I can talk to him 10 times a day, I have to hear his voice to see, is everything okay? Is he ruining my life now? Like what's going on? I still have that, like his voice, you know? So I'm like, come, you know, tell me right now, like what happened? He's like, something happened and I have to be with you to tell you. So I I knew something bad. And my first reaction was one of the kids and like, Baruch Hashem, he said better. Like, if it's not one of my kids, like, it could be anyone type of thing, you know, not good, but like, that was like, you know, and both our fathers are not like the healthiest. So it really could have been either of them. You know, that's always the first, your father, my father, who's going to go first. So, you know, he was like very adamant about, I'll tell you when I come home, but like, just tell me. So he said, you know, your brother Yehuda. So I'm like, my brother Yehuda, what? You know, he's like, he was Nifter. He dropped that. And I don't remember if he said it like as coldly or like, you know, cause I think he was also in shock. So I was just, okay. So then he was getting another phone call. I don't know who called him. Somebody called him to break the news to me. So he got another phone call. So I remember just hanging up and standing there, like literally still looking at my grass and like, what's, what, what's going on here? You know, this is, you know, and I even like started a text to my best friend, like, I think he would have died question mark, but I, I didn't end up sending it because I was just like, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, this doesn't happen to us. I remember hearing you and your sister saying like, this doesn't happen to our family. Like this doesn't happen to Kranzer. It's like, we're boring. We're, you know, so then, you what know, boring? Not, we're not boring, but we like excitement in other ways, you know? So then he picked me up and again, we were both crying type of thing, but like a weird cry, like not like a real heavy cry. Cause we we're both still in shock. Like there was tears coming down, but I still didn't know what was going on. And my parents live four blocks away. So we drove to my parents' house and I pulled, we pulled up and there was hot solid cars there and it was very like busy, whatever. Right. And again, till I live till 120, I will remember this walking up the steps to my parents' house and hearing my mother shriek, 
no, no, not my Yoda. No, it's not true. No, no. Like literally like hitting things, walls, you know? And I, I remember like, that's when I really broke. That was when the heavy heaving, like the cries happened. And I walked in and she screamed like, Miriam, say it's not true. Say it's not true. And I don't know what to say. Like, I, you know, I'm like, I, I think it's true. I don't know, you know? So they had, someone had gone, my mother's a kindergarten teacher. So somebody had gone into her classroom and taken her out. And she kept thinking also my father, like she knew something was wrong. She didn't think it was that bad type of thing. Like my father maybe had a heart attack. So they took her home and they brought like Hatzala to be near her. And, you know, they brought like some other people like the Manal, whatever. And that's what they told her. My father still hadn't known at that point. I, I don't, do you remember how Abba knew, whatever? I think he was driving home and then someone called him on the way home, whatever. So that was, that's how I found out. And that was pretty traumatizing, which, because I didn't get the, like the few seconds of something happened, you know, brace yourself. I got the, like, he's dead. You know, there's no tell on, there's nothing you could do. It's, it's over. Wow. I don't know what time that was because we were watching work on him. And my first phone call was to the, the shiver of beauty box. And he also came running and then they were working on him in the, in the ambulance and then all the way to the hospital. So that must have been at least an hour's time where there there was still hope, you know, after word spread. So you called Ari to call Sterling? Right. So after I spoke to her beauty, so I called Ari Shulman, my father's close friend, and uh, unfortunately, a friend that has a reputation of giving over such news. I think he called him and he said, we have a big job. I need you right away. And my father was like thinking like, okay, you know, we're friends, but I... I didn't like work for you, like we you know drop everything type thing. But of course it came and Ari ended up driving Abanima all the way to Detroit, you know. Really good friend. Right. Yeah. And where where was his wife and children during this time? Like did they know what was going on? No. So yeah. they so Rachelea, so Stark was just coming back with Nechama from shopping in Lakewood. I believe. <gasps> yeah, they had a kala. She was a kala, right? Oh, she was a kala. Yeah. Two weeks. Before, it was two weeks. Ago. Yeah. My brother handpicked this good guy, Fran Goldstein, a beauty guy. We had the Varts. Yiddle didn't like pictures. You know, he didn't like people taking his picture or whatnot. I think my father forced him to take a few nice pictures by the Varts. We uh, cherish. Oh, you forced him? Yeah. Okay, Miriam gets the credit for all the uh, pictures. <laughs> And then, and then, so roughly, I just come back. I, I didn't even know at the time whether or not she was back yet. That's how I remember thinking, I think I called her. I said, something's going on with you. Even though, you know, I cried a moment's notice nowadays. I do remember being pretty level-headed and strong at the time. The help of Hashem. And uh, then I remember sitting outside the hospital. And then Morty coming. And uh, Morty is Mordechai, our younger brother. Yeah, Mordechai, I think I got 18 years on Morty. So, you know, he's a lot stronger than I am. I just remember him like pounding my chest, you know, like almost putting his hand through <laughs> You know, that's how he was reacting. Wow. Uh, he was the closest then, to Yehuda, probably, you know? Yeah. He yeah. was like a, a son almost. Yes. Yeah. Yehuda was like, Yiddle was like a father figure, really helped him. So, just to clarify, I never got the Yiddle memo. I grew up with him as Yehuda. And then he went to Detroit and somehow turned into Yiddle. Oh, really? So, yeah. So I still do the Yehuda because that's what I know. My parents do Yehuda. It happens to be with my kids. We call him Uncle Yiddle. But when I, to me, he's Yehuda. Yeah. Right. Mother calls right. him Yehuda Yosef. 
And and Rebuti, probably his Rebbe, the Rashiba dubbed him Yudel. Mm-hmm. You know, even when he was growing up in in as a Bukhar, Rebuti always called him a Malach. Now I know it's strange, Achram Eskadoshim. And the Levaya and the Kavad Achran and the, what happened in Shiva the fact that it happened in Shiva you know, is testament to how great he was, but uh, it was old news. Yudel was, Yudel was a Malach. You know, everybody has a few names for a few people. Yes, Vatsadik and, and this and that, but Yudel was. So yeah. you knew that when he was alive also, like you recognized yeah. his greatness. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, everybody recognized that. When he was Nifter, it was right between Miron and the Stalin. So all the papers after that was all about the people who are Nifter and Nif, like we have to, all that stuff, you know? And I was thinking like, do you guys know that Sadik who like quietly died in between that week, you know? Like you don't even know. So Right? I know. Yeah. That's hard when there's a, right. something that like takes over. Right. Then you still need that like recognition about it. Right. That is hard. Wow. So how did your parents get through this or are they going through it? Like, what's your part over here? Like, that's like one of the hardest things. I was having a talk about it with someone the other night and I was saying, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, I never lost any children. My children should all live until like 300 at least or 120. But I like- I did it. Mashiach should come sooner and then everybody comes back together to create some mason. Okay. Amen. No, I've had that conversation with my mother. And we know that we all dive from a sheikh to come, but Amir Tashem, but what is he coming back as? I'm saying the like the boring, mundane life we live now, you know, with him, like it's not gonna be that way. We're well, never he's gonna coming have back a as a Kai Guttle. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mr. Rubin. I was just I was telling you, yes, we could wish that our kids live forever and healthy in 300 years, but I said I would sooner wish that Mashiach comes and that we all live together with Khiasa Mason. That's all I was saying. Right. A main to that. I just don't know when Tachias Mesim is coming, right? It's not coming like with Mashiach. But what's going to be? What is Tachias Mesim? I don't know. Back I is what? <laughs> Those details I don't know. But the, what I do know is that we trust in Hashem and Chakalay B'chol Yom Shiyah. So did your longing for Mashiach intensify since your brother oh, was absolutely. Nifter? Absolutely. It's all we got, you know? I find people who grieve, like people who never said any once in their life, like they really just, you know, grasp onto Mashiach more. I feel like I know so many people who just like, it's all about Mashiach now, you know? And I don't know if I necessarily do that. Like I do, I, I'm not apicursus, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know if that's the right thing to grasp on now, you know? It's like we trust in Hashem and whatever he does is for the best. And that's it. Just deal with it. You know, I that's think, how I do. It's the same thing. I think it's the Zabazach. You right. know, but I, I don't have this like obsession, like you have that sign behind you and it's beautiful, but like, I'm not like printing the brachos and putting it on my refrigerator and, you well, know. This, well, this actually, Yale's mother-in-law made and, and she made it and it's a, it's a program that is taking off as we speak. And the Ilum really appreciates it. She put her heart and soul into it and it came from the right place. Be prepared. I'm ready today to be Makabu playing Mashiach. I don't know. I think it's the same thing. When you say trust in Hashem. Then, then you trust that we're doing this for a purpose and that we're doing it this Mashiach. It really is the same thing. I, it is I the same thing, but I'm not using it to like calm my grief. You know what I mean? The like, like focusing on Mashiach is not taking away my pain that he, that Yehud is not here anymore. Okay, I am. I agree. It doesn't have to do with taking the pain. It's keeping your eye on the prize. 
right? It's the only thing that makes sense. If you keep Shabbos and you keep Torah and Mitzvahs, you're doing it because you trust Hashem and Enoi Bavadai. So my belief, and I probably heard it a hundred times on this podcast, is we trust in Hashem and whatever Hashem does is for the best. And part of that process is the end game. So the end game is, is Mashiach, is the third base of Mikdash. So it's all one and the same. Whether it makes you feel better or worse, you know, that's, you without realizing, that's what you believe. When you say, I trust in Hashem, and that makes me feel better, but Mashiach doesn't. So really, it's the two words of Chaim Kanievsky told me personally. This was before Yudel was Nifter. I asked him a similar question, you know, when things like this happen, how are we supposed to do better? So obviously, there's signs from Hashem to do Teshuva. But I, I asked, like, more specific, you know, when people... Get excited about the uh, Tznias and Lashon Hara and not talking during davening. So I, I told uh, the Godel Ador, I said, we always have to be careful with Tznias and we always have to not talk Lashon Hara. We always have to be careful about talking during davening. So what's special? So he answered me two words, Loistira. And then for years I've been thinking about what it meant. Loistira means that, like pretty much what we just identified, that uh, even though we trust in Hashem and we keep the Torah mitzvahs, it's not a stira to act to go on with life and to be normal and to do mitzvahs and to try our hardest and to yearn for Mashiach. So what's the Nakuda that you were pointing out that yearn for Mashiach doesn't help me? I'm saying that people use that to, to calm their grief. I've seen it, the pattern of it. I've seen people who have lost someone and they just like hype on Mashiach's coming to Chayas Mason and that's what gets them through it. So I'm saying what I've discussed. It doesn't that work for you. Because if you're doing it to, you know, hope that the Mason is coming and the person's going to come back, they're not coming back the way you know them. Well, we don't know anything. We don't know anything. And once Claudia Yisrael makes it to that Madrega, so that's, like I say, the end prize, that's what we're shooting for. That's what we're working. I understand. I'm not trying to force it down your throat, but I think it's one and the same. I think it's low okay. speaker. Yeah. But I think also what she's saying, and Miriam, you'll tell me if I'm putting words into your mouth, is that like in order to get through the day-to-day pain, it's not about that Mashiach is coming. The day-to-day pain is that this is what Hashem wanted from me today. And today I'm going to focus on Hashem knows what he's doing. Is that like sort of accurate or not really? It is. No, it is a hundred percent. Like I like I said, like, you know, all these Mashiach brachos and stuff that hang on the refrigerator, like I don't I don't do that. You know, I don't I don't need that yeah. to focus on my day. Yeah. I'm gonna send you these signs like <laughs> well, now, now I'll hang them up. I think it's awesome. By the way, you don't know before Mrs. Wilner created this Mashiach Brachos card. Yeah. During COVID, you don't set me one himself to hang up on her fridge. Right. You know, sent me also like the segula or the the bracha to hang on the door, not to you know to right. avoid the disease. Right. Who goes into that stuff? Okay. So this this card was created by his mother-in-law before he was nifter. No, nope. after his nifter, it was her inspiration to just attack Moshech. Okay, and and the fact that it took Nebuch, her son-in-law, our brother Yudel, to die to come up with this uh, Moshech. You know, a lot of people, I can't even tell you how many hundreds, if not thousands already, people are taking to it. And it should be a schus and it should make Amen. the chef come sooner. Amen. Amen. So what happened now? Like, like, do you feel like almost like a responsibility towards his wife and children? Wait, one second. Before we go there, can we talk about the wedding? What was what was it like by his daughter's wedding? <laughs> Mamish, it was during the Shloshan? No, 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 no. They'd been engaged. They got engaged two weeks before. 
And he was after the week of Lagba Omer and they got engaged right after Pesach. So it was a good two or three weeks. And oh, we I thought you were saying he was Nifter two weeks before no, the wedding. Oh, okay. By the bar, when she was engaged. So they were, the wedding was in August. So it was what, three months later, three, four months later. I mean, there, there wasn't enough tissues in the room, obviously. She got um, married in Detroit? She got married the in Detroit. Nechama was so strong that I remember. Yeah. And Leah was stoic. Our sister-in-law, Rachelia, she still is. I mean, uh, impressive fellow. We don't wish it on anybody. You know, she's holding it together. God willing. Also trust in Hashem. That's what pulls them through, I imagine. I'm sure they have it very hard, and I know they do, but they trust in Hashem. That Hasna was, you know, we're beauty boxed. We own our lives. You know, he came, and it was he was the, the father figure. Whatever he said, they did, and they still do till this day. And everybody walked her down to the book. It was her mother was to her right, and then my parents were to the left walking her down. And then and then the whole mishpacha and everyone felt it felt very bakavik. Yudel was definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone share any like stories or whatever? Not stories, whatever the word is about, like how they felt him. (sighs) Everyone did, of course. Yeah, really. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he was there, 100%. Not even a question. Wow. Holy Jew. Wow. So, yeah, so back to my question before. Do you feel that, like, obligation that, oh, my gosh, you have to be there for the family? Or they're very, like, independent type? By the Hespadim, again, this is the Mayor Kranzer show, so I'm just thinking from my perspective. I'm saying by the Hespadim, I was very... Very hesitant to get up there because the fact that it was in our yeshiva gedolah, and that's kimat unheard of, and it was by the Arn Kodesh standing on the duchen. Duchen means the place where the kahanim stand. That Yudel donated, you know, there's a plaque hanging up that he donated in honor of my father and grandfather. So standing there, I was very hesitant to say anything when my friend Rabitzel Grossbard was helping me prepare a few words. My uncle Mechi stuck his head in and he said, it's important that the mace hears that that his family will be taken care of. The emesis is right to the Abishter who takes care of them. I personally take zero credit for, for any of it. I wish I could help more. They're going to listen to this. They know that I'm there for them whenever they need. They have a lot of support system. They have a lot of friends in Rabbeim in the city who help them. Yeshiva helps them. A lot of people gave a lot of money to to help get them through this time, still get them through. And I wish I could help more, you know. Right. My wife, I don't even mean financially, though. I mean, like, emotionally and, I don't know, with the kids. I don't know if you live near them. Like, I, boys, do. School, do. I do live near them, and I don't, I'm not embarrassed to say publicly that that I don't help enough. I wish I could help more. But we did promise. And, and the fact that they know that we're always a, a phone call away, you know, I wish more, but the Bachashev, she's a strong lady, Rachleh, and she's, he has beautiful kids, kind of her, and they're shtagging. They really are. Yiddle, Yiddle was blessed that he, he put them on the straight and narrow, and God will end their staying that way. You know, I spoke to a young Amana once <clears throat> about, like, the relationship with my sister-in-law and even my parents. And she said, when somebody loses someone like that, you have to re-get to know them. You have to, like, restart the relationship almost from the beginning, because... They're a new person, a totally new person. You can't just call up anymore and say, you know, do you have a recipe for cookies? Do you, you know, 
And, you know, I feel that you asked before about my parents and like, that's definitely with my parents also. I mean, for a while it was, I wasn't just calling up my mother and asking stupid things anymore. You know, can you babysit? Can you, you know, and we had to like me, especially like, you know, I had to rebuild like a new relationship with my sister-in-law. I mean, we were, I don't have sisters. Like my sister-in-laws are my sisters. So it, you know, and as much as my brother was there and everything, like I had to rebuild our relationship. And Baruch Hashem, I think I did a good job. I think we're amazing. And I hope she knows that when she hears us that I'm there for from Chicago, like no matter what. So do, do you really feel like it's a different relationship? Not that. For, well, OK, now, no, because, you know, time has calmed that. But I'm saying like for a long time, it was almost like eggshells. You can't just call stupid things anymore. You know, you can't complain that, you know, your kid didn't sleep that night or, you know, my husband is a caterer. So one, if not two Shabbos a month, I'm by myself at the tables for the meals. You know, I can't complain about that anymore. No way. You know, I can't complain if my husband's not home till three o'clock in the morning and I did supper and bedtime and everything like these things are just took like, you know, a while to find the right in between where I could still be normal and like complain about my stupidities. And So what you're saying is it took you to die for you to be able to complain about stuff. She does it on her own every step of the way. Exactly. She's doing everything on her own. And, you know, my stuff are stupid compared to it. That's all, you know, I'm giving her credit. Yeah. But it's a different relationship, you know. But she wants it to be a normal relationship. No, she wants to hear about the stupid stuff in your life. A hundred percent. I give her all the credit in the world. Of course she does. But I'm still, you know, hope that I'm sensitive to it. I don't want to just like, you know, I don't want to show her pictures of anniversaries and birthday gifts and, you know. Right. It's hard. It's very hard. But she wants to. She She's amazing. She's the best person. The best. Be I and her. It's very hard. It's like the type of thing also that you never know. You know, what one person could appreciate, another person could find hurtful. I'm on a like a, a chat, you know, a texting chat or whatever, and it it's it's with parents, it's with adults that lost parents. So not everyone is even necessarily very young. Like not every every loss was a tragic loss, but there's still the pain. So someone texted this morning about her, I guess her mother was Nifter, and she was saying how like there was something in school and they wanted with the bubbies. And her child, you know, made a comment, I don't have a bubby, only a mommy. So she was saying on the chat, like, it hurt. My younger children don't have a bubby that my older children had. And I'm thinking to myself, well, lucky that your older children had that because my older children didn't have a bubby starting. Like, my oldest was only in third, fourth grade, maybe when my mother was nifter, like, you know, really very little. So what's my point? My point is that you're trying to be sensitive. And I mean, that's good, obviously. But on the other hand, it's, it's sometimes it could be like really hard to know. Right, because you just don't know what's what's gonna trigger someone and what. I understand one hundred percent, and and I, I was hoping you would give up sock, and you can't because everyone's different. You know, everyone's different. Experience. Everyone's different, but we're all the same. You know, we all trust in Hashem, and we all scream "Ainai from the ceiling tops, whether or not. Well, we do believe. But I'm saying the reason I asked you because I was hoping to hear Taka. Maybe you should look us in the eye and say. It was just our anniversary, Marissa and I, so we should put on the family chat, happy anniversary. People probably didn't because they're sensitive to Rachleh. But Rachleh is uh, probably be the first to wish us a happy anniversary, you know? Probably. But people are different. Right. It could be that she would be very happy if she would see it. It could be that she's hurt if she doesn't see it. It could be either way she's good with. <laughs> like, unless you 
really, you know, know her. Like, I was hoping from your experience, you would say people go on with your lives and be normal and complain about your husband, the caterer, not being home to us week, even though your brother is not home ever anymore. But you can't really say that, can you? I, she and knows the relationship, you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know that I have a friend that every time she starts complaining to me about her parents, not her parents so much, but oh, she has to go to her parents, Yantif, so there's so many siblings are going to be there. And she's like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't talk to you about this. I shouldn't talk to you about this. And I'm like, yes, you should. Like, I don't like treat me like your regular friend because I can't be a friend if like every other word you can't say, you know? Right. So. Yeah. Okay. But I do- Nemesis, I you know, we have some Yusayim in the school also, and and I try not to say the word father, you know, some cities, and I hope whoever hears this learns from this. I'm proud of Mordechai Katz as the head of Pirche here in Detroit, so he changed, like maybe Rabbi Bender style, I've heard he did it similar, instead of calling it Alba Subana Matzah Shabbos, he calls it Matzah Shabbos Learning. You we know, have Dora Lador here in Chicago. People who don't have, what? We have Dora Lador here in Chicago. Okay, great. Yeah. I wondered about that always. I really do wonder about that. Does it really take away the pain of these orphans? They're still going to a learning program of fathers and sons. So like whatever the name is, they need to go with someone else, not their own father. So does the name really take away the pain? I, I never really understood that. Okay, excellent. It's a good point you make, but I think it's it's the proper shtadlis when the people are trying to be sensitive. I'm telling you, I shame Zuch from saying the word father when there's a yasim around. And and that's from my perspective. I think that's the right sensitivity. They know they don't have a father. Everyone knows they have a father, you know, but a shame's of saying it, meaning I, I try to make a conversation about that. I was once talking to a teacher, a really, really amazing, incredible teacher. She lost her mother when she was a young girl. And she was in the teacher's room one day and a teacher came in like horrified with herself. I just said the word mother in this classroom. And there was a girl that didn't have a mother. I can't believe I made that mistake. This girl doesn't have a mother. And I said the word mother. And this teacher, my friend, looked at her and said, she has a mother. She's not alive. She still has a mother. You like you can't be always like so careful never to say it. it's going to happen. Great so- story. For me, the whole interview was worth it just for that. It's endless in Hanami, but you still have to be sensitive to people. Right. I'm not telling you don't be sensitive. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, no, okay. I, I know I told you that this takes about 40 minutes, but should we should we see if your other brother, what's his name, Morty or Mordechai? Or both? <laughs> see, same thing. I didn't get the Morty memo. He went to Detroit and he turned into Morty. And um, I'm <laughs> so I should call him up. Okay. So Rabbi Mordechai Kranzer just joined us also from Detroit. Thank you so much for joining. So I hear you are the youngest in the family, right? Correct. So what was your relationship like with your brother, Yehuda? Everything, everything, you know, there wasn't uh, a day that went by that we didn't speak to an extent. He definitely was a, a big factor. And of course, with my brother, Mayor as well, coming for me, coming here to Detroit, I, 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 Grew up a little bit in his house when I first came here. He was all the above, a father figure, a therapist, a banker, a counselor, a lot of different hats for me. And yeah, you know, people ask me a lot, do I give him all the credit for making me who I am? I definitely give him a lot of credit. I give my family a lot of credit. I give my yeshiva a lot of credit. I don't give myself a lot of credit, but (laughs) I give a lot of other people credit for making me who I am. You're a good guy, Morty. And yeah. That's what he meant to me. He, How many years apart are you? 18 years. 
my brother Mayor and I are 16 years and my sister and I are 10 years apart. Oh, I got my math wrong. Oh, so you're like really like the baby of the family. Yeah, I am 30. Yodo would be 48 now. Yeah, he'd be turning 40. He'd be turning Mayor, 48. How weird. You're turning 46 like the year he died. Is that weird, that age? I thought about that. I thought about that. I think the Gemara says that you have to look out for the age your parents died. Mm-hmm. And the older brother is like a parent. I look out, meaning like maybe mother. you're going to die that year? Yeah. Oh, that's not comforting. You never heard that? No. Okay, I hope it's accurate. We'll find out with the hundreds of thousands of listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something. I was thinking more of the guilt of like what's going to be when you turn to Meretz Hashem 47, 48, uh, and you're already older than him. First of all, the G word is not in my vocabulary personally. I don't have any guilt. And I do visit the site he passed away, you know, the base of the curl. I'm there every day, 10 times a day. So I train myself to say, but I, I say it, uh, that I say 100 times. A day. So I asked the rabbi if that's like a special makam, you know what I mean? The place he died. You know what I mean? I, I listened to kids, Morty shaking his head. I, first of all, we did a lot of chesed in that place. Yudel himself did a lot of chesed in that place. So that's a schus there right alone. But I'm saying there's a, a kid's story tape, the Moshe's Tefillah tree, where he was with once in a tree, and every time, and then 20 years later, when his daughter needed a shidduch, he's, he found himself climbing a tree again, you know, okay. that type of thing. So I got to feel that way in that muckum. There were times I dove in there, like... like More uh, than his kever? More than his kever, because we're kohanim, so we don't really do... Uh, but, I mean, we're on the other side of the fence. We have that comes about saving Mishnah someday. But uh, yeah, I'm there every day. And like I say, I just every- want to add, and I've said this in front of my father, he really was the patriarch of our family. Like if you needed any question, Armin Huggim, Hasherim, anything, like he really, he was who we asked. You know what I mean? My father himself. He was the glue him. that kept it all together. Exactly. And he's still keeping it together. I'm telling you, Mrs. Ribbiot, you telling me that she still has a mother Really, really made my uh, made my podcast here. Okay, Yudel Yudel Avinu Mace. That's Yehuda Shalach Lafana was the pasuk. He went ahead of us to set up shop. You know, for when the times right because the Chakalei He trained us in the words Hapamayis Hashem, which was his Yehuda from the pasuk Yehuda. Before it became popular, the Thank You Hashem, he did it. He was the king of Thank You Hashem, and and he's still here. You know. He's still he's still here. We just don't get to hug him. And uh, you know, I sit in shul in Shiva Gadela. He always sat behind me every time, you know, every Shabbos. We get a handshake, a fist bump. You know, I miss that. The first year when his kids were saying Kaddish, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't take it. During Shiva, I couldn't I couldn't even barely walk into the house. You know, my friend across the street. Rishiva's son, also Rishiva himself, Mati Box, he really helped me during that period. But Yudel really wasn't is the best. I know everyone says that. And uh, tell you, give me chizik by saying that the kids still have a father. He's not alive. But the family still has an older brother. He's, he's not alive, but we definitely still have him. Yeah. Yes, and I'm way older than my older sister now, but she's still my older sister, and she always will be no matter what. How do you, like, if you were so close to him, like, could you give us tips how you get through your life now? <laughs> <laughs> Not putting you on the spot or anything. <laughs> there's there's no tips. When he first passed away, a good friend of mine, God Samet, had called me 
he had just lost his father recently. And just by the way, his sister, Mrs. Libby Craft, her podcast went live this week. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Mama world had told me and he had just lost his father. And he says, you know, as cliche as it is, but time heals all wounds and he'll get through this. And I'm like looking at him and I'm like, how could you say this? My world has exploded. It's all over. I mean, Baruch Hashem, I still have my parents. I still have my parents and my wife and my daughter, Penny, at the time, you know, with all these things. But it means something, you know, with personally what I'm going through now also in my life. A lot of people come over to you and they say you're so strong and they show and gives you what you can handle. And it's a lot of times it's very hard to understand or hear Musser. It's a lot more comforting if someone has also gone through a similar situation. So he had just lost his father. So in my mind, I'm like, how are you saying this? But I believed him because he's also going through something. He had gone through something like this. Ultimately, a lot of people come to me and think that it's strength. I, I think it's more survival. And yeah, time, time ultimately helps a lot. I don't visit my brother's caver as much as I would like to. I do speak to him a lot. <laughs> I do speak to myself a lot. I speak to his wife, Rachelea, sometimes asking what she think he might say or what he would have done or how he would have dealt with this. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's, you don't forget but you live to fight another day. Ultimately, that's the only advice I could give you. I don't consider the Kranzer family as a martyr. I only took one for the team and Yudel's the great, you know, gatekeeper in Shemayim that's being massaged, a bunch of things. You don't believe that? But I do take, well? You don't believe that? I, I don't want to be that guy, that family, that all this stuff. And I believe we have to do it because- I believe know, that Hashem said, we, Detroit been through so Kapara. And before I even finish the sentence, Yehuda was like, me, me, I'll do it. I got this. Like, I believe that 100%. Well, then I would have Tainas on him because he left us all behind. And exactly. I don't believe that because I think that's very selfish. As much as Yoda would do that, and that's his nature, I don't think he would hurt the family. And it's, he made his kids grow up without a father now. So I don't think that's his mentality. As much as he was. They still have a father, Morty. He's just not alive. <laughs> Correct. Okay, fine. And you have, to be, you have to be selfish. In order to be selfless, and that was Yudel. And I just want to ask you a question. Why does it make people feel better when it happened to someone else? Is it a din in Nachmu, Nachmu, Ami? Is the double ocean of the Chama is the comfort? But if someone breaks their arm and then the guy comes and says, I broke my arm, so all of a sudden you feel better? Why, do, why is that? Ultimately, misery loves company type of thing. And what, what my comfort was it, and also in my quote-unquote support groups is that people get through it. Sucks and it's hard, but if I see you could do it, I could do it too. So that's that's my take on it. And uh, even now, when when I'm in the hospital and whatever, and I see other parents, it's it's a big it's a big nechama that I've been there as long as I have, and it's hard on us. You know, our son is there for over two months now, and he's just a little bit less developing, and other babies are coming in and going out, and it's it's complicated. Like, why can't that be us? Why can't that be us? But I make an effort, Yidin, Goyim, whoever it is, to say, hey, I, I've gone through, I've walked in your shoes, I've gone through hell and back, and it's it's good, it's good. It's The hardest thing is to talk about these things, but I think it's the best thing. You don't necessarily have to talk to a therapist, per se, but just to be open about it. Don't, don't shy away from it. Embrace it. Put it on your shoulders. Take it on, and this is, this is where you're made. So this is... 
Wow. Well, you're such a have a foolish lemma, and I think that was very powerful. And I'll just tell you something that someone shared with me last night. Mr. Glenn Holman, he's a therapist and he lost two children. And we were talking about child loss. And but what he told me really could pertain for any Nisionos. He was saying how someone put a wrote, sort of said like a mushal of like right after, you know, the person is nifter, it's like you're carrying like a big bag of bricks on your back. And it's so, so heavy. And it's like so hard to eventually like one brick comes out and you don't even feel the difference because, you know, it's only one brick. But as time goes on, another brick comes out and another brick comes out. So he was saying that his muscle isn't that the brick comes out. The bricks are always there and it's the same heavy, but the person themselves just becomes much stronger and is able to carry the bricks. I I thought that was very powerful. I thought that was very like inspirational for me. I, I like that a lot. But it's yeah. also different because like, I feel my sadness is being replaced with, I know Mayor doesn't like the G word, but like the guilt that we are moving on, that we're, we're not crying as much, that we're, Baruch Hashem, you know, we are living. And that, that hurts me. That hurts me that we're able to live without him. You know, so it's, but it could hurt, but why does it have to cause guilt? Because, you know, he died and the Shiva and everything, it was like, we all thought like our world is over and then, okay, life goes on. And that is really hard to process. But like you said before, your relationship with your sister-in-law had to change. So your life changed. It didn't go on the same way. It doesn't go on the same way, I guess I should say. Hmm. No, I don't have the G word. I have... You know, I put on a red bandola after he passed away. I don't know. That's my reminder because I would, I did feel sad and hurt and bothered going through the day and accomplishing milestones and not being able to tell him and different things in my right. life, whatever. I put on a beard. <laughs> you did. Every time I look in the mirror, I think of my brother. I think of him all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He's hanging everywhere in my house. And that's the point. The point is we still live with him. You know, we live with Abishter. We live with, uh, you know, what Abishter's plan is. And Yudel was part of that. Well, if any listeners get any inspiration from this, it should definitely be in Elias Neshama for, what, what's his name? Yeah, and I don't know. Is there any important pieces of chizuk or anything that we like anyone wants to share before we finish? I mentioned it a few times in this podcast, and I hear it often by a lot of your guests as well. And that is, we all trust in Hashem. Okay, we trust that whatever Hashem does is for the good. And um, the raya was when we got it from Shiva. The Hasidish Rabbi Deutsch was walking us with the Litvish Rosh Hashiva Rebuti boxed, and they said that Shlesha Shutvim Ba'adam, and there are three Shutvim in a person, the father, mother, and the Abishter. And, and when you have a partnership, you can't do anything without the other's consent unless it's for the good or the better of the deal. So uh, here the Abishter took away my parents' son, Yudel, and he was only one shutaf, but it must be that it was for the betterment of the deal. Otherwise, Hashem wouldn't have had, quote-unquote, permission to have done it, as far as the shutaf is concerned. So we trust in Hashem, and the same way we keep, we daven three times a day, and we keep kosher, and then Shabbos, and all the mitzvahs, it's because we yearn for Mashiach and because we trust in Hashem and the same way we deal with 
matter how difficult it is losing our brother, we trust in Hashem that it's for the best. Like my father had the strength by his levaya to scream and to end with shalom because uh, Yudel ultimately was the king of shalom, king of many things, king of Hashem, king of chesed, king of chesed shalemus, and the good guy. And we, we miss him, but we still have him. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Thank you so, so much for coming out, everyone. I really, really appreciate it. You have just listened to an episode by Mrs. Miriam Riviette. For more episodes or for additional information about future episodes, visit our website at www.chevralomdemishna.org or email mribiet at chevralomdemishna.org. To submit questions or comments for this speaker, to suggest another speaker who might be mechazek others, or to sponsor a podcast, visit chevralomdemishna.org forward slash podcast.